Part four of Abraham Lincoln A Commemoration by Various. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part four Abraham Lincoln The Oration Eulogy by Ralph Waldo Emerson we meet under the gloom of a calamity which darkens down over the minds of good men in all civilized society as the fearful tidings travel over sea over land from country to country like the shadow of an uncalculated eclipse over the planet old as history is and manifold as are its tragedies i doubt if any death has caused so much pain to mankind as this has caused or will cause on its announcement and this not so much because nations are by modern arts brought so closely together as because of the mysterious hopes and fears which in the present day are connected with the name and institutions of america in this country on saturday every one was struck dumb and saw at first only deep below deep as he meditated on the ghastly blow and perhaps at this hour when the coffin which contains the dust of the president sets forward on its long march through mourning states on its way to his home in illinois we might well be silent and suffer the awful voices of the time to thunder to us yes but that first despair was brief the man was not so to be mourned he was the most active and hopeful of men and his work had not perished but acclamations of praise for the task he had accomplished burst out into a song of triumph which even tears for his death cannot keep down the president stood before us a man of the people he was thoroughly american had never crossed the sea had never been spoiled by english insularity or french dissipation a quiet native aboriginal man as an acorn from the oak no aping of foreigners no frivolous accomplishments kentuckian born working on a farm a flatboatman a captain in the black hawk war a country lawyer a representative in the rural legislature of illinois on such modest foundations the broad structure of his fame was laid how slowly yet by happily prepared steps he came to his place all of us remember it is only a history of five or six years the surprise and disappointment of the country at his first nomination at chicago mr seward then in the culmination of his good fame was the favorite of the eastern states and when the new and comparatively unknown name of lincoln was announced notwithstanding the report of the acclamations of that convention we heard the result coldly and sadly it seemed too rash on a purely local reputation to build so grave a trust in such anxious times and men naturally talked of the chances in politics as incalculable but it turned out not to be chance the profound good opinion which the people of illinois and of the west had conceived of him and which they had imparted to their colleagues that they also might justify themselves to their constituents at home was not rash though they did not begin to know the richness of his worth a plain man of the people an extraordinary fortune attended him lord bacon says manifest virtues procure reputation occult ones fortune he offered no shining qualities at the first encounter he did not offend by superiority 
he had a face and manner which disarmed suspicion which inspired confidence which confirmed goodwill he was a man without vices he had a strong sense of duty which it was very easy for him to obey then he had what farmers call a long head was excellent in working out the sum for himself in arguing his case and convincing you fairly and firmly then it turned out that he was a great worker and prodigious faculty of performance worked easily a good worker is so rare everybody has some one disabling quality but this man was sound to the very core cheerful persistent all right for labor and liked nothing so well then he had a vast good nature which made him tolerant and accessible to all fair-minded leaning to the claim of the petitioner affable and not sensible to the affliction which the innumerable visits paid to him when president would have brought to any one else and how this good nature became a noble humanity in many a tragic case which the events of the war brought to him every one will remember and with what increasing tenderness he dealt when a whole race was on his compassion the poor negro said of him on an impressive occasion massa lincoln am everywhere then this broad good humour running easily into jocular talk in which he delighted and in which he excelled was a rich gift to this wise man it enabled him to keep his secret to meet every kind of man and every rank in society to take off the edge of the severest decisions to mask his own purpose and sound his companion and to catch with true instinct the temper of each company he addressed and more than all it is to a man of severe labour in anxious and exhausting crises the natural restorative good asleep and is the protection of the overdriven brain against rancour and insanity he is the author of a multitude of good sayings so disguised as pleasantries that it is certain that they had no reputation at first but as jests and only later by the acceptance and adoption they find in the mouths of millions turn out to be the wisdom of the hour i am sure if this man had ruled in a period of less facility of printing he would have become mythological in a few years like aesop or pilpay or one of the seven wise masters by his fables and proverbs but the weight and penetration of many passages in his letters messages and speeches hidden now by the very closeness of their application to the moment are destined hereafter to wide fame what pregnant definitions what unerring common sense what foresight and on great occasions what lofty and more than natural what humane tone his occupying the chair of state was a triumph of the good sense of mankind and of the public confidence this middle-class country had got a middle-class president at last yes in manners sympathies but not in powers for his powers were superior his mind mastered the problem of the day and as the problem grew so did his comprehension of it rarely was man so fitted to the event in the midst of fears and jealousies in the babble of councils and parties this man wrought incessantly with all his might and all his honesty labouring to find what the people wanted and how to obtain that it cannot be said there is any exaggeration of his worth if ever a man was fairly tested he was 
there was no lack of resistance nor of slander nor of ridicule the times have allowed no state secrets the nation has been in such a ferment such multitudes had to be trusted that no secret could be kept every door was ajar and we know all that befell then what an occasion was the whirlwind of the war here was place for no holiday magistrate no fair-weather sailor the new pilot was hurried to the helm in a tornado in four years the four years of battle days his endurance his fertility of resources his magnanimity were sorely tried and never found wanting there by his courage his justice his even temper his fertile counsel his humanity he stood an heroic figure in the centre of an heroic epoch he is the true history of the american people in his time step by step he walked before them slow with their slowness quickening his march by theirs the true representative of this continent an entirely public man father of his country the pulse of twenty millions throbbing in his heart the thought of their minds articulated by his tongue adam smith remarks that the axe which in hoboken's portraits of british kings and worthies is engraved under those who have suffered at the block adds a certain lofty charm to the picture and who does not see even in this tragedy so recent how fast the terror and ruin of the massacre are already burning into glory around the victim far happier this fate than to have lived to be wished away to have watched the decay of his own faculties to have seen perhaps even he the proverbial ingratitude of statesmen to have seen mean men preferred had he not lived long enough to keep the greatest promise that ever man made to his fellow-men the practical abolition of slavery he had seen tennessee missouri and maryland emancipate their slaves he had seen savannah charleston and richmond surrendered had seen the main army of the rebellion lay down its arms he had conquered the public opinion of canada england and france only washington can compare with him in fortune and what if it should turn out in the unfolding of the web that he had reached the term that this heroic deliverer could no longer serve us that the rebellion had touched its natural conclusion and what remained to be done required new and uncommitted hands a new spirit born out of the ashes of the war and that heaven wishing to show the world a completed benefactor shall make him serve his country even more by his death than his life nations like kings are not good by facility and complacence the kindness of kings consists in justice and strength easy good nature has been the dangerous foible of the republic and it was necessary that its enemies should outrage it and drive us to unwanted firmness to secure the salvation of this country in the next ages end of part four